welcome to Captivate and Close. I'm Kinsey Mackis, business consultant and marketing strategist, and I'm going to show you how to attract and enroll high-paying clients using my breakthrough online marketing strategies, all without having to rely on complicated funnels, disingenuous clickbait, or spammy sales tactics. These are the messaging, marketing, and selling secrets that virtually no one is talking about. So let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. It's so good to be here with you. I have an incredible guest with me here today, and I'm so excited, Rachel, to have you. Rachel McBride, parent coach. Rachel, say hey. Hi, Kinsey. Thank you so much for having me on here today. I'm so excited to be here. Hey, I am so excited to have you. I think this is long overdue. Um, Rachel, I think that you are just such an incredible leader in your field. And I have always been so drawn to you and your work. And really what you emulate is something that I think more women need to see. And when you think of creating success in this industry, really being innovative and also doing things differently. I think you've started to disrupt a little bit of your own industry and that's really fun to watch. Um, but I have just really enjoyed your journey. I think you came to us, was it last year? Yeah. Year? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is so good. And mm -hmm. you had just finished. Well, first of all, before we dive in, you guys, at the time of this recording, we just had daylight savings time. <laughs> And I am so backwards. I don't know. I, I just, that one hour just does me a number. So I'm a little discombobulated, but we're going to roll with it anyway. Um, Rachel, real quick, why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what you do? Um, I'm a parent coach and I help parents, I help moms reconnect with their teenagers. Um, so many, you know, teen, being a teenager is a real challenge nowadays. There's a lot going on and parents are struggling to connect with their teenager. Teenagers are shutting down, um, pushing parents out and moms don't know how to connect and they're often left feeling helpless and guilty and overwhelmed. Um, so I'm here to help teach some strategies. There really are ways to connect with our teenagers. It doesn't have to be awful. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. Having a teenager doesn't have to be awful. I love that. I love that. And you have really, even just your own story, it's really inspiring. Um, and I love how you, you are like, you're very in integrity, right. With what you do and not to say you're perfect. And I think that is something too, that comes up for a lot of people is like, well, I have problems or I make mistakes as a parent, or I, I have problems as a business coach. I make mistakes in my business. Does that mean that I'm not good at what I do? Or does that mean that I can still call myself an expert? It was like, yes, yes, yes. But I know that sometimes that can creep in. I think we've actually had that conversation. Yeah. Well, it's true. And my, my kids are 10, 12 and 14 or 12, 14 and 16. Right? So I'm in it. I'm in the trenches. And I say to people just, you know, just because this is my work, it doesn't mean my teenagers have any magic dust sprinkled, sprinkled on them. We're still living it. We're living in this society and this culture as teenagers and also I really enjoy them. And it's, it's, so I just, I know it's possible to have these connections. Yeah. And I think what you have, which is what you give to others is the framework, the tools, the knowledge to be able to coach yourself and work through the challenges that you have with your teenagers. It's not that you don't have them, 
right? It's not that you don't have the challenges, the mistakes, the problems or whatever, or the days where you're like, who even Mm -hmm. are you? Um, But you have the knowledge, you have the tools, you have the framework to really drive yourself to the other side of that, where you can enjoy that. And I think that what I'm experiencing, even as, you know, with a 13 year old, which I never really considered that even though it's a teen, I thought maybe we would experience some of those teenage stuff that teenage stuff, like late, like 15, 16, but like Mm -hmm. 13 is hot and heavy. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I think, especially as a seventh grader, he's like right in the middle in middle school. Right. So he's starting to really have more of that independence. Um, he just, his curfew now is later than my bed. He like, I'm like, I want to go to bed at nine. You need to be home at nine, not 10. But anyway, I digress. Um, And I think what I also had the realization is like, he's only going to be in my house potentially for five more years. And I don't know why. I think you hear people say these types of things, but it just doesn't click with you until it does. And I think of you often because... um, you have been such a huge advocate of loving your teenagers and like actually connecting with them and making them good years because it really is the tail end of what you get of them before they leave the house. But I think most people's experience, and again, I I'm not in the, I like I'm starting to journey on and I would say so far good, but not, but, <laughs> and also I think what I'm hearing most people experience is like, Oh, even when people make those little snarky comments of like, Oh, 13, wait till they're 50. Like, Oh, and it's just like that negativity. It's this whole stigma mm-hmm. around teenagers. But I mm-hmm. think what you, like your message is like, no, this should be a good time for you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk I mean, more about that? Well, I just remember, gosh, when my, when my children were toddlers or preschoolers all at the same time, I mean, people then would say, Oh, just wait until they're teenagers. Oh, and I bought into that and I got really nervous. I was like, oh my gosh. So, and then it was how trying to rationalize, how will I, you know, I love them so much right now. How in the world in just 10 years, will I all of a sudden want to battle with them all the time? I mean, how can that be true? Does that have to be true? Um, so I really, I, I, but I, but I fell for it for a little bit, right? And our society does that to us, and culture does that. And but I'm here to to bring hope and say it really doesn't have to be that way. So that's so incredible. So let's talk about why you do what you do, and like, how did you get into this work? Because. Um, I think when you came to us, I think you had just completed maybe a certification program or some sort of experience. So tell us if you want to take us back to what was that journey like where you were like, ooh, I could do this, or what was the realization that occurred that allowed you to really immerse yourself in your expertise? Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with um, in early childhood education, actually, for many, many years. Um, and, and I've worked with families and children and parents. Um, and just, I guess in 2017, I was, I was a parent educator and a director of a preschool actually. And that's when I realized that I really loved diving into the parent piece and really connecting with parents. Um, you know, parents had so many questions and it's, it's this, am I crazy? You know, am I doing it right? Why can't I do this? I thought it would be better. All of those questions. And then as I really started hanging out on the soccer field and and surrounding myself with parents who had older, you know, preteens and teens, 
it was the same thing. And, and what we noticed was we would talk about like when you have teenagers, all of a sudden everyone thinks you should have it together, right? You've been doing this long enough. You should have it together. No one wants to say, wow, this is really hard. When, when they were little, there were support groups to support, you know, moms of preschoolers or, or whatnot. And so um, I realized, wow. And I also then was, you know, hanging out with these preteens and, and watching and observing moms with their preteens and listening. And, and it, what's really amazing is how similar toddlers and teenagers are. And I'm not even saying I'm, there's no, like no disrespect in any way, but really, you know, um, parents will say the same about a, a two-year-old who they feel like is manipulating them. And, I, you know, I hear that from parents of, you know, teenagers as well. Like they're manipulating, they're manipulating. And I say, you know, really, they're, it's just all about them. It isn't about you at all, really. They don't wake up in the morning and want to manipulate you or make you angry or, or make you so frustrated that you can't get through your day. That isn't their intention. It really is about them. And it's really similar to when they were toddlers, um, when you think about it that way. So I, I try to reframe parents' thinking um, around teenager behavior and really dig deep into, you know, everyone is just trying to have their needs met. So what, are, what do they need? How can, and how can we meet their needs, right, and support them? That's so good. And I think it's very true, too, in the sense of when they're starting to get into the teenage years, they're also starting to go through, their bodies are changing. Mm -hmm. And so they're becoming more familiar with, or they're being introduced to, like, new feelings and new emotions. And, like, as a toddler, like, they're learning how to express themselves. And I think that's a really good connection. And I do. I see very similar behavior with my five-year-old than I do my 13-year-old. In mm -hmm. different, Again, no respect. He's very mature, mm -hmm. very... um very thought provoking, like very wise, but the way that he's trying to really navigate his emotions and experience them and express them is very similar to a five-year-old also learning his way through the world. So I really love that connection. Um, when you started to really see, like, I think there was probably something that happened for you that you were like, Oh, I can see it differently than other people. What happened next? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, you know, this, the heart, the heart of this for me is my relationship with my son. Um, my middle, my middle son and I, um, we just, I couldn't understand him. I labeled him very early on as my difficult child, right? So then what did I see? I saw all the difficult things. Um, so I labeled him as my difficult child. I, you know, even remember having a conversation with my husband, like, I need you to take, like, you take him on. I can't take him on, right? And, and it was, gosh, he was, he was 10 years old, 11 years old. And I sat down with him um, before he went to bed. And I finally said, just, can you give me one word to describe our relationship? And his little 10-year-old self said, unagreeable. Unagreeable was his word to describe, yeah, to describe our relationship. And I immediately was like, oh my gosh, like, he knows too. He feels it. We have this disconnect and something has to give. And I, you know, I thought this is it. It's me. It's up to me. I've known all these years that there, that we are unagreeable and that there was definitely a disconnect. And now um, I have to do, I have to make some changes because I was, I had always said like, why would he ever come home for Thanksgiving? Once he moves out, why would he come back for Christmas? Right. And, and I was afraid of that. And so um, I really wanted to connect with him and um, build a relationship where 
he felt loved and seen and understood, right? And and that took a, it, it was a lot. It took some work on my part and to really dig deep. Um, and I did, and things have, I mean, things have gone full circle. And you know what else it did is it it changed the entire environment in our home. So right, he was he he was always fighting with his sister. They were angry at each other. It was awful and mean. All of those things were happening. And the moment that I really dug in again, what, you know, realizing what he needed, which was connection time with me, how can I dive in and see things differently, right? How can I reframe my thinking around this instead of that he's difficult? What else could he be? Um, And maybe he was just a child trying to have his needs met. Um, And so really, um, we've, we've just, I mean, come full circle in our house. It really is peaceful that they are cooperative and supportive of each other. Um, there's no yelling and screaming. No one's yelling at each other in my house. It's just everything has changed. And, you know, there's no punishing my teenagers or taking things away or grounding. There's just, there isn't any of that. Um, and we also have boundaries and we talk about, you know, how things, how, what the expectation is in our house and how things go. Um, and they are more willing to meet those expectations because they also feel respected and heard and we talk some things out and, and that's a practice. So that's what I do. I mean, it's, it's just a practice. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it. Yes. I love this because what you're showing us is not having, um, a perfect system, but rather really shifting our perspective and then right. Operating the practices and the, you know, implementing the things that work in accordance to what you're, you know, what you desire to create, but it starts with like, what am I seeing and who do I need to be? And I think that also plays out in any relationship or any business endeavor or whatever that looks like. It's always about putting the finger back at yourself, which can be hard too. When, I mean, it's definitely easier to just blame our teenagers, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's their fault, but actually it's not. And I love that you really represent that. So you had this really great, you started to see this transformation in your own home. And then was that sort of the time, the the indicator for you of like, Ooh, I could help more people do this or like walk us through what that realization was like for you. Yes. Again, it, it, it was, wow, this is happening. There is a shift. This does work. And I'm watching and hearing my friends who are struggling I'm hearing family who are struggling, right? Everyone is doing the same thing. Everyone who believes that you have to take away their phone. Here's the thing, if taking away their phone worked, you wouldn't do it all the time. It doesn't work, right? So, I mean, it's, and really we hang, we hold so tight onto those beliefs and, and that's part of it, really checking in and how much of this is what I believe and how much of this is what, how I was raised or what my mom may have said, right? It's what everybody else is doing. Um, so I realized this and that it was working in my house. And I, I will now, I have friends who say, you know, my, my teenager said to me, why can't you talk to me like Rachel talks to her son, right? Why can't you do the thing, like, you know, have this conversation that Rachel will have. My friends, my friends said, Rachel, we're waiting on you to, we're going to send all of our kids over so that you can have the sex talk with them, right? We can't have that conversation. And I'm like, here's the thing, your teenager's already talking about it. So you should start talking about it. Oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's that they are, they are exposed to so much, 
-hmm. They have this technology and these phones, they can run circles around us. Um, you know, the social media, the danger in that is real. There's a lot, you know, I just, I working with a client last week, her daughter is receiving terrible messages and threats and the things mm. that, you know, peers are saying to her, she's 13. Um, so these things, yeah, these things are happening. And I believe that we can connect, connect with our teenagers is so, so important. And that is, and you know, it's like, when you asked about my purpose, it's like, I believe in my core, this is what will change the world. I believe parenting will change the world, change the next generation of humans. Mm. So beautiful. And again, I can, I always feel that energy from you and your content and your, your clients results, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But so you had, you were like, okay, like there's a need for this. And then what? Cause I think what I want to draw from you, which I think would be very inspiring for others is like, okay, I had this one because most of coaches, right? As coaches, consultants, what we're doing is we have a result or some sort of transformation ourselves. And we have this desire of like, I need to share this with more people, right? But it can be so daunting because that means I have to put myself out there. I have to like actually sell. I have to do all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would love for you to just um, really share like how you pivoted from that realization of like, oh, I can, like, there's a need. I can help people with this to even getting your first client what did that journey look like well you're right it was it was like I, I was flustered <laughs> I'm like here I am I have all this great stuff and I know it works and how do I get out there <laughs> and I have to say can be I saw you on Facebook and I decided to do one of your challenges and I I spent time with you and was like oh my gosh this finally makes sense there is a way to get out there there is a way um, to do this, like, you know, strategically with a framework, because you're right, you go through, sometimes you go through a coaching program. And then at the end, they give you a little bit of ideas of how to move forward. But then you're like, really, how do I do this? And so, you know, I start wanting to offer it to all of my friends, right, <laughs> my family, and you start there, and then realize very quickly, oh, no, I don't really want to coach my family members. <laughs> and so, oh, right. <laughs> That is so funny and so true. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, and so, uh, you know, after I, um, after I watched that challenge with you, I watched, I mean, a, a couple more things and I decided I just wanted to, to sign up and do at that time Ooh. it was captivating clothes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I didn't know you didn't, you hadn't had clients before that point then. I, I may have had just a couple, but not. Okay. No, yeah. not like I am now, cool. not like I am now. And so, because what that did um, for me, of course, is it really let me zone in on what is my offer? How mm. do I, you know, how do I say this um, to people? How do I get my message out there? Um, so that, I mean, that's been really, really helpful. That's a, that was definitely um, a missing link for me, yeah. um, you know, and just learning how to, learning how to, tell a story or to, or to write was huge. It was really huge. I, I, I mean, there's been so much growth for me because of you um, and what, you know, and what I've learned. And I, um, you know, I look at, I'll even look at like my friend's content and I'm like, nope, you need to have it. You can like coach it now, Rachel. Like, oh my gosh, I love that. That is so good. So judgy. Um, nope, this is not the right way. Actually, I have a pointer for you. That is so good. I love it. And, and, you know, and then there's still days 
I remember you did the 30 day challenge of posting every day for 30 days. That was huge for me. Yes. It was huge in so many ways. Like I, um, you know, write, you know, writing the content and also being committed to it. And I think I evolved in those 30 days in a way I would have never imagined um, when I, the day I started. Um, but I think my, my content changed and I would hear from people, like I would go to the gym and someone would say, I read your stuff. It's so good. I mean, I would, I pass a, like a dad, a dad who says, I'm learning, I'm like, I'm learning so much from what you're posting. And I was, and I keep thinking, wow, it is, people are reading it, right? Cause you sit in that space. You're like, is any, is anyone reading? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, people are reading and then people are connecting. And I got a phone call um, from a friend who works at a school a few weeks ago, like my principal's looking for someone to have this conversation Will you come in and do a parent workshop. So being out there is working. And, and on the, some days it doesn't feel like it is, right? Some days you're like, ah, oh. yes, it, right. You just keep doing what you do, but um, yeah, it's, it's so good, Rachel. Amazing. Can you talk about some of the fears that you had to overcome? Cause I think that again, what happens from that transition of, like, I know I can help people. And also, right, there's this insane amount of fear. And I think even you've done such a beautiful job of navigating that because you've had your own fears and your own challenges of like, and frustrations, just like we all do. And Mm -hmm. you navigate them so well. Can you share, because again, I think it would be encouraging for others to hear what fears you've had to overcome in order to get to the other side. Because again, I'll just um, really drive this home is what you just articulated was like, the more that I showed up and spoke my truth, the more that I was hearing that feedback, right. Whether it was from like clients directly or just people that were starting to see me differently. It was like that you were lifting, you were starting to speak out, right. Lifting your credibility, lifting your expertise. And so, you know, even more opportunities came up. I know that you got a consultant opportunity even that came out as a result of you, like showing up in that way. And so, um, when you start to make those decisions that in alignment to how you want to show up versus like circumstances, right? Well, my engagement's low. I don't know if I should keep talking about what I do or, you know, I know that we hear a lot of these sort of like noises of, um, of what could drive maybe you believing or not believing that success is possible for you, but you have to keep like showing up, right. Showing up even when, and again, you do such a beautiful job of this. So just share what's maybe some fears that you've had to overcome or some limiting beliefs even that you have to navigate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the the greatest fear was, you know, who am I to say this? Who am I? What do I what do I know, right? What is my training? You get all caught up in, you know, all the stuff. What, what makes me so credible, really? Um, so that was, that was a big fear. And along with that was, um, and I learned through my writing, is I do have a different belief in regard to teenagers or connecting with teenagers. So when, you know, when someone, you know, punishment, I always use as an example because it's so huge. Everyone thinks they have to punish their teenagers. And I don't believe that, but I was afraid to put that out there for a bit because who's going to want to work with me when they clearly will be, you know, resisting me right off the bat. So I, I didn't know how to, to navigate that space. 
right? And, and I remember you saying, like, you have to disrupt thinking, disrupt thinking. And then I would say to myself, but this is it. This is what I believe in my core. And if I'm, you know, if I'm trying to be something else or put other language out there, it just isn't me. So it won't work. Um, but it was, you know, there would be days, even during that 30 days, I would, I would just post it. And then I wouldn't want to look back. I wouldn't want to look and see, did I get any likes? Did anyone comment? I hope no one commented, right? It was all the stuff. <laughs> I, would, I would send my friend a message and be like, okay, read it and let me know. I may have triggered some people, right? <laughs> and so I would worry about triggering people. What did that mean? Um, I, you know, it, as a parent coach, my fear really was, what if my kids are a wreck? What happens when my kids are a wreck? There's no guarantee that my kids won't be a wreck. And what if that happens? And then what do I do? And then what do I do? Right? I'm just, someone's going to say, you know, Rachel, you know, you, you thought, you know, you thought you knew, you thought this made sense. And what if it doesn't, right? I sat in all of, all of those, all of those fears and yeah, and just decided to, to continue getting it out there. And I do, I hear from feedback from people like I, but I'm learning so much. Like, oh my gosh, I am taking that deep breath. I can pause now before I respond. And so, yeah. So it's it's definitely it's definitely um, worth getting over those fears. And and I still have them. And I still have them. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think it's just important to hear, right? Is like, we're not a robot. Like none of us are immune to failures or limiting factors or those negative emotions or um, the fear, right? And it's just a constant navigation of how we respond to those fears. So thank you for sharing. I want to circle back to your clientele and really sharing what, and I, it will always stick out to me. We were on the phone together and you made a comment of like, I get my clients, like my offer works. My clients are getting incredible results and it's so good. Right. And I think living in that energy as much as you can, as much as possible is the best thing you can do for yourself. Right. And of course, sometimes you don't have that yet as you're just getting going, you're not going to have that yet. So you kind of have to draw that inner energy, the inner belief, right. To get going. But once you start getting rhythm and steam, you have the feedback loop from clients and then you have that validation and just like, oh my gosh, like, and then you start to really amplify that voice, amplify that volume. And it's so beautiful, but I would love for you to share some of the experiences that your clients are having, but starting with like, where do people meet you or where do you meet them? when you first work with them or what is a good time for people to start working with you? Is it in the tween phases? Is it truly when they're starting to get more into 13, 14? Um, where are you ideally meeting them? And when is a good time for people to work with you? And how are you um, like, what types of results are you seeing with in your clients? I would love for you to share. Mm -hmm. Well, what I see is um, often my clients will come to me at that real breaking point. Right. Um, I had, you know, one of my very first phone calls with a client was I, full disclosure, Rachel, we just found out that our 15 year old is having sex. Like we just found out this weekend and now we don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really need your help. So that I mean, that sometimes it's that, you know, I a client new client last week was, you know, my daughter, it was social media. Like, I don't know what to do. She's addicted. I don't know how to pull her back. I feel like we're absolutely disconnected. I feel helpless. 
So a lot of clients come when they, they really do. They feel helpless. What do we do? We, they, there's, they really don't know what to do. They really feel like their hands are tied. And when they feel bad, um, then they're, you know, looking for some sort of support. And also I've had a few clients come who have preteens. You know, and, and you're right, because it is happening a little earlier. You know, we are seeing some signs in the exposure, again, that they have in middle school when they're 12, 11 and 12 even, um, is, is different is, is different now. Um, so I've had parents come who will say to me, well, is it something I can do to be proactive? Or does, you know, does she have to be a teenager? And I say, you know, again, because this is such a beautiful way to learn how to communicate and connect and create mutual respect. It doesn't matter the age. I'll be honest. The truth is it doesn't matter how old anyone is. This is really about how do we collaborate and have compassion for each other, right? That, it's, a lot, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work that will carry on um, throughout all of our relationships. So I see clients who, who come um, for sure when they're like, oh gosh, I've tried everything. And, you know, I've had... I've had clients who have gone to therapy for years and have said to me, Rachel, after, after 12 weeks with you, this has been more effective than eight years of therapy. I've had more than one client share that with me. And, and that is, that is when it's like, wow, wow, this, it really does. It really works. Um, it really works. And it's so amazing to watch and to hear. I have a client who she went back and told one of her doctors, the doctor noticed the change in her, asked her about it. She said it was because she's been working with me. I connected with that doctor. She said, I want to, I want to refer my patients to you. I saw such a change in our shared person that I, you know, I would love to to share your information. Incredible. Oh my gosh, Rachel. Seriously. Yes, I, I think this is, and I love what you said about like, we can change the world through our parenting because it is the next generation is coming in hot. And I think that the day that we live in, it's sort of like, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand. <laughs> and that's really, maybe that could work 20, 15, <laughs> 10 years ago. But what the, the problem is, there's too many, the in, I think the influences, the external influences are just amplified. Now you've got the social media, um, and then some, and mm-hmm. also I don't know, but the, what I'm seeing. So I go and I do, um, at, you know, lunch duty at my son's middle school, uh, once a week. And I, you know, sixth graders are getting caught smoking weed. Um, and I see a lot of kids that aren't getting the attention. You can just tell, I don't know their family life. I don't know (laughs) their parents, but I can just tell they're not getting attention at home. So they come and they get attention at school in different ways, Mm -hmm. not positive positively, but I'm just noticing. Cause I think back when I was sixth, seventh grade, like I don't remember being privy to that stuff, but then again, I I'm not really sure. So I think the more that we can get our hands on, not in a controlled way, because I think this is what you're saying. It's like, it's not about coming down harder. It's not about creating better discipline. It's about connecting more. And I think the gift that our 13 year old has given us is, you know, he's very articulate. So he can say things like, you haven't told me you love me in like a day. And he's, he just wants to feel seen. And I think he had, he's articulate, but I, and can express that he's very in touch with his feelings, but I know a lot of kids at that age are not. Mm -hmm. And so I think what you also 
talk about is like, they're just wanting to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. But like when we come in hot with this authoritative model, um, maybe old school parenting models, we're suppressing a lot of that, but it's no doubt that this generation, they're going to be in charge one day Mm -hmm. and we really need to fix sort of this generational pattern. Um, I don't know. It's, it's kind of scary, kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so glad that we have people like you that are like really leading that, which is a big, no pressure, no pressure <laughs> on you. What is something that we can walk away with it? I know a lot of our listeners are moms. They've got tweens, teens. What is something that, um, you could give to, to at least, cause of course we're going to include, um, information and in where you can find Rachel, because you need to hire her if you are having issues or challenges with your teen or, or preteen even. Mm-hmm. But what is something that even um, you could give our parents, our moms to walk away with just something tangible to consider or to shift in if they have preteens or teens, if they're starting to find a hard time navigating that, you know, the current state of how things are. Um, I love that. Um, in one, in one of the, one of the things, and you know, this is all an awareness and it's just being, it's, it's having an awareness and then practicing and some days are better than others. So I always say, be gentle on yourself when you learn these things. One of the first things I ask parents to do is to notice how they listen when their teenagers talking, are you listening and just, and, t- and just notice, are you listening and creating the answer in your mind before they're finished. Do you interrupt them before they've even, you know, finished their statement? Um, are you making judgments and assumptions? Just noticing how you listen. And that awareness can be life-changing. And, you know, taking it, because often that's the challenge, right? Is kind of stopping and pausing. Um, notice how you listen. When I noticed how I listened, I realized that before they would finish their sentence, I would say, nope, nope. And I was ashamed of myself. I couldn't believe that's what I did. Taking that moment to notice, how do you listen to them? And how can you listen so that they feel seen and heard and understood? That's so beautiful. I'm like thinking I'm already thinking about even this morning and that's so good. I think it gives us so much pause and also now, and I think too, it's sort of like when you start to set the intention to see a white car, now you're only going to see white cars, right? And so when you set the intention of like, oh, I'm going to observe this and see this differently, you're going to see it differently. It's like that intention first, which brings, I think the awareness. Um, So that's really good, Rachel. That was so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could talk about this forever. And I think too, it's top of mind for me um, lately, just obviously we're heading into those teenage years with our first and our, our tween is coming in hot behind him. And so it's just been, and so far it, it really is just such a beautiful journey. And I think I had the gift too, of hearing you and just watching you and hearing how you talk about it and also changing how I experienced my teenage years, Mm -hmm. um, and not wanting that to be their experience. Um, but through the lens of how do I show up differently for them to change that experience, not trying to make them somebody that they're not. So Mm -hmm. I just really loved having you 
in my ear when mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like navigating this world. And I think you're such a gift to so many people and your mission is so huge. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful that you are courageous enough to share it and put yourself out there and um, you're willing to lead, to lead. And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, it's no easy feat. So I just want to honor you and and say thank you and sharing your time with us here today. Thank you, Kimby. Thank you so much. I I really wouldn't be here without your support. So I appreciate you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. So where do you want, so we'll include links in the show notes, but where do you want people to find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. You can find me there um, at Brave Parent Journey and on Facebook. You can hop in and join my Facebook group called Love Your Teenager, Lose the Drama. So Um, good. And it's easy to connect with me there. My website is also Brave Parent Journey, and you can, you know, hop in there and schedule a call. I'd love to chat. Um, It's so nice to just connect with people and and talk, see where they are. So definitely, I'm, I'm available for that. So good. Girl, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you, Kenzie. Hey you, thank you so much for listening. It's an honor to be able to pour into the hearts and minds of like-minded entrepreneurs all over the world. But my most favorite part is being able to connect with you in real life. If you loved what you heard here, head over to the community where thousands of female CEOs just like you are changing the world one human at a time. We go deeper into the topics we discuss here and give away tangible roadmaps to help you crush your revenue goals. To join this high caliber free community, head over to kinseymackis.com forward slash community. See you there.